So we talk about, I did softball and Matt started doing some uh, American football. Listeners to be doing more and getting a bit closer. We would ask you to, to take a picture of something hot. Revisit the lovely sport that is golf. Episode 41 is next. You cannot be serious! That ball was on the line! Shalom, this is Matt Cohen. Welcome to Big Lens Fast Shutter, where we demystify the world of sports photography. And if you have forgotten, and I know you haven't, it is never too late to send a couple of bucks our way. Since this is a 100% user-funded uh, audiovisual entertainment, please click on the PayPal donations link on our website to show us how much you love us. And that will be BigLensFastShutter.com because we're here to make you a better sports photographer. Um, I think before we start, a bit of um, donation news because we had donations. First, Matt Cohen is going to thank you in uh, different languages because, I don't know, that's, we find it very really funny. I'm sure it's really not funny for you guys, but I find it hilarious i'm gonna do this so uh thank you rob bye from uh, winnipeg canada zicomo uh michael blum from ellicott city maryland barcala same languages or what <laughs> no, no. <laughs> okay it's chon lay from poughkeepsie new york <laughs> aho Really, I swear to God, I give you the simplest job possible. I guess, okay, listen, it's Matt I'm, Cohen. I'm on this page where there's translations of thank you in every single language, and it's really funny. And some of them, are, they're just too long to read. So if you find this hilarious as much as I do, you can always, always um, donate to us. And Matt will perform his uh, seal and otter-like antics every <laughs> single time you do it. So please do. And uh, Matt Cohen also has something that he wants to say to you and everyone else involved in Big Lens Fast Shutter. So Matt Cohen, please go ahead. Yeah, I think that because there's a lot of different sports groups on Flickr, and most people find us through Flickr, that there's kind of a misconception that we're just where you put sports pictures, but that's not what we're doing. We're trying to help you get better at sports photography. And yes, we want to see your best pictures. And no, we don't really want to see your shittiest pictures. But don't put pictures in the group and then don't put them in training ground when you're asked. Don't say that they're good enough. Don't say that your client's happy. Don't say that you've sold them. We, I can't even tell you how little we care about that. This is not what this group is for. And I got into it a little bit with somebody that puts pictures in there sometimes. I just don't, I don't want to see this. We're, we're here to help you get better. We're here for constructive and sometimes destructive criticism, not, oh, well, I put it in there, but I'm not participating and I'm not going to listen to the podcast because I already have work and that's just not what we're doing here. And th like I said, there are plenty of other sports photography groups on Flickr. There's plenty of other groups that talk about this stuff on the net in general. That's not what we're doing here. If we ask you to put it into training ground, put it into training ground. If we ask you to put it in the contest, you know, that's up to you, but you should put it in the contest. But I don't want to hear a bunch of excuses about how you're good enough and you don't have to worry about it and you don't need to participate and whatever. That's fine. Go somewhere else. Don't do it here. 
And while I kind of almost forgot this, because it's quite an important thing, Brendan Bank, who is was the uh, the Golden Bib winner, I think last year, just got married. So congratulations, Brendan. And I was his uh, wedding photographer in uh, Netherlands. So just want to say one more time, uh, Brendan, congratulations. Uh, please give my regards to your family and Barbara. And um, it was a great wedding. Did so, he did he meet his wife through our show? Yes. No. Did he? Thank then it's gosh. completely irrelevant. I don't want to hear <laughs> no, about. Can you imagine? Good God! I don't think we have enough women actually participating. So it'd be it'd be good, you know. It's like um, we like to be like NFL. Like we like to be really open to a lot of women because you know, women we find very, women very important on our show, and we should do whatever we can to encourage women to shoot more sports. Um, if you don't get the joke, I think you should kind of go and Google what's going on with uh, women in NFL these days. And um, yeah, it's not very very good. So on that wonderfully positive note, we are going to go ahead with. News. Here at News, both Ryu and I will tell you our best and worst shoot of the previous month. And we talk about ourselves because we're egomaniacs. I am, but yeah, so is Matt. Matt Cohen, I think you have, yeah, you started a couple different sports, no? This season. Well, not this season, last month. Uh, only, well, I shot a soccer game that was. I, don't, I can't even remember when we last recorded, but that's not really important. Um, I shot a football game, the first college football game of my season, which was really bad. It was a really bad team versus a really, really bad team, and it was a total blowout. And I don't know. I got a couple decent pictures, but it wasn't my best game ever. But that's generally what happens after not shooting football for nine months. Um, I also shot my last rodeo of the season. That was a lot better than shooting football. And that's really all. Um, kind of a slow time until I get into the heart of my football schedule. I did shoot stills on a movie. I don't know if I mentioned that the last time. That was kind of an interesting exercise, and I'll have more about that as the movie comes out, and I'm allowed to talk about it a little bit more. I shot softball for the first time. I shot a softball world championship in Harlem, New York. No, it wasn't Harlem. It was Harlem in the Netherlands. By the way, there is there is like a Berlin and Canada, I think. There's like different cities, different places. Anyway, it rained a lot. It rained a lot. It had the shittiest access I could... I, I never had... In a world championship, the people who organized it were like amateurs. No? So they had no idea. They, they didn't even have a press officer over there on site. They had no idea about how to put or where to put photographers. So they basically put all of us... Um, behind a fence, so everything you shoot has got fence in it. Overall, it was just a great, fantastic, um, shitty experience, you know. It rained a lot, so I basically waited. But the most important thing is that I got to shoot softball, and I have to admit, it is actually quite interesting. It's much better than baseball, where it takes five hours to complete sometimes. Softball, you have a, um, between each pitch, you have 20 seconds. So you have to pitch in 20 seconds, which you don't have in baseball. And you have a, even a digital clock. It's like a shot clock for basketball. So you can't do like this, get out a batter box and fix everything and adjust everything. And yeah, you can't, I really, it was just really, really terrible. Um, I mean, it was really, really good. And it made, um, I don't know, it was a good tempo and the action was good and Japan won. So I was quite happy about that. Um, I would go back to shooting baseball if there was a pitch clock. Yeah, it would be good, no? It was 20 yeah. seconds and it's just, it's a, Things get done very, very quickly. And from I was listening to the Dan Patrick show a couple of weeks ago, and I think they gave 
me the average time between pitches, and it's about it's more than forty seconds, which is crazy. Oh, it's completely out of hand. Yeah, it's crazy, crazy. So that was the good and the bad. I don't know if I actually had something really, really bad. I'm sure I did. No, not really. So I'm sure there'll be something bad happening next, you know, next month. So that's it for news from us. And before we move on to the next section, I'd like to, because someone asked about them. Uh, not Breaking Bad, but the critical breakdown that we have and whether or not we still do. Yeah, we still do it. We just haven't had any participants in the past couple months. And what it is for people who never heard of it before is that both Matt and I will critique your portfolio for a fee for a measly hundred bucks. Hundred bucks is probably akin to about, I don't know, what can you buy for hundred bucks? A couple of memory cards. A couple of memory cards. So it might be memory cards might be a better deal than having your portfolio critiqued by us, but some people think otherwise. Um, what, yeah, it just, um, you submit about maximum of like 15 photos of your choice. And we will critique it on a video um, for you. And you have a choice to have that made public or you have a choice to keep it for yourself. I mean, we don't really care. It's up to you. It's absolutely, absolutely fine if you just don't want to show it to everybody else and you're going to keep it for yourself. But um, I do, I, I, we do find critique, having your work critiqued very, very valuable and something that, I don't know, like I actually had to have my work, work critique recently uh, that was um, for making the book because I had to like have some of the photos axed because um, I had too many that I wanted to put in and I had to ask uh, a couple other people that had no idea about this whole book thing and it was quite tough to just like hear people say about like oh I don't know about this photo I don't know about this photo uh, you have too many like fisheye stuff or this one I don't really understand what the concept is so it's tough to hear what people I don't people have to say about your work but at the same time it's very very good that you're getting an objective opinion on your work and that should make you a better sports photographer in the future so if you're interested please go to biglensfastshutter.com and uh, click on the paypal link send in 100 bucks and we can schedule a time to for you to do the um the portfolio review and that will be it for now if you want to see a example of this we have a few of the ones that were allowed to be public on our YouTube channel, so you can go to youtube.com and search for Big Lens Fast Shutter and look for Critical Beatdown or be in there. Or and uh, Matt will put, Matt will kindly put the link to the um, to this podcast show notes. Yes, because he's nice like that. Okay, well that's news, and we will come back to you with uh, other stuff after this. If you're listening to this on iTunes, thank Apple and then rate us. The higher we are rated, the more popular we are, and one day we might be featured as the top sports photography podcasts. That's it. In Masterclass, we pick a topic in sports photography and we serve it on the plate to your ears. You got something to say? Tell us at BigLensFastShutter.com. So Matt um, emailed me a couple of days ago and he said he wanted to do a U win for next month based on getting close as you can possibly get close being distance wise to what you're shooting. I said to him like, oh, let's just talk about this in Masterclass so people kind of have a you know better idea of like what the whole close thing is and how they can get a picture that is very close to the subject. So, Matt Cohen. Well, I think part of it has to do with the gear that you have, and part of it has to do with what you're trying to shoot. And not everybody has a 400 or a 500 or a 600, and that's fine. You don't need that to do this. But if you don't, 
then you have to pick something where the action is going to be coming very close to you. There are sports where you're inches away from whatever you're shooting, like basketball, if you're sitting on the baseline, those guys, they're going to end up in your lap sometimes, and even when they don't, they're going to be close enough that even if you have a 24 millimeter or something like that, you're still going to be very close to what's going on. Whereas if you're shooting auto racing, you're never really going to be more than 30 or 40 yards away from the cars that you're shooting. And if you don't have a very long lens, you're not getting very close and you're not going to get the kind of detail that we're looking for. So yeah, you don't need to get these super close up pictures every time, but it should be something that you're looking to do every time you go out. You're, you have an assignment and you're thinking, all right, what am I going to do today? Is this something that's going to allow me to get close enough given the gear that I have and the action and how close I can get to it to get something really close? And what you hear is rule of thirds and don't cut any limbs off when you do make it in a good spot or something like that. And so I think that that influences people way too much. You're starting too wide and then even when you're cropping in or even when you're composing in, it's not enough. What you need to do is start as close as you can get and then pull out from there. You don't want to have a portfolio, you don't want to have a gallery of pictures from one event where, you know, if it's soccer, it's two guys fighting over a ball every time. I want to see their expressions, I want to see the, the grass popping up when they're kicking the ball. Like, the little details that if you're watching on TV, you're not going to get, or if you're watching from the crowd, you're not going to get. It's your job to show people things in a different way. And if, you, if you're shooting it like, you're, like a video guy is going to be shooting it, a TV guy or something, you're not adding anything to it. All you're doing is showing stills of whatever they're shooting on the TV. So I like to get low and get close. That's really what I like to do. And um, since I'm doing golf right now, that is tr what I'm trying to do. But you really have to, to uh, make sure that uh, you know how close you can get. For instance, with professional sports, it is becoming increasingly difficult to get very very close i think it's a lot to do with security and it's a lot to do with tv because tv people pay to get close to the athletes in the action photographers don't so we're freeloading therefore we don't really we're not going to get that um, that kind of an access but saying that if you are shooting any sort of amateur sports so high school football or i don't know peewee football or high school gymnastics or whatever, like anything that's um, an amateur level, you are going to be able to get close. But please do remember that um, they are doing something quite um, dangerous if you ever get hit by them in any, any, any shape or form. I don't know, like a football to the head is not going to kill you, but I think a baseball to the head will definitely probably kill you. So please be careful, but knowing all those things, if you can get close as possible to the subject, obviously I'm, I'm talking about using a wide lens and not using, um, you know, 200 or 400 or 600. It does create a kind of photo that you cannot really create with a long lens. And I'm a you know big fan of wide angles and getting low. With practice, you'll be able to actually shoot and focus without looking through the viewfinder. You know, and or in other cases, you can actually do is you can use your live view. It's just a live view mode in your camera. And you can look through that and you can focus. But if you can do it without all these, all these things, yeah, that'll be very, very good. Try to get, just, I think you should like know where your boundary is, but just make sure you go over boundaries and knowing that you're going to be safe. What also, like, it doesn't, it, and again, it doesn't have to be the action because you might be able to get closer to what's going on in the sidelines. And so you don't need uh, two guys 
beating each other up, you could have a big lineman on the sideline retaping his hand or uh, the trainer working on somebody's ankle or something like that. Those are situations where even if you don't have a very long lens, the chances are you can probably get close enough to get a really tight picture of it. And it doesn't have to be action. Like you're still showing people something that they wouldn't ordinarily look at or they wouldn't ordinarily have a chance to see. Things happen on the sidelines. Things happen coming in and out of the locker rooms. If it's baseball in the dugouts, there are lots of opportunities for you to get closer than the action being in the middle of the field all that far away from you. And again, if it's auto racing, you're going to have better access in the paddock and the pits than you are out on the track just because of the cars will be going way too fast out on the track and they'll be crawling along in the paddock and the pits. So what you need to do is think about it when you're going, like what are the opportunities that I'm going to have and what can I add to my portfolio or just my body of work period that is going to look a lot different than all these other pictures that I'm making. You'll find them. If you're looking for them, if you're thinking about it beforehand, if it's a multi-day event and you get some ideas the first day and then you have chances later on, you should do all these things because you really need to show people that are looking at your work that you can do different things and not just the same thing over and over again. I guarantee you it's important. Good luck uh, this month in getting close as possible to your subject. I, I will keep on saying this. Just be careful. Don't die on us because obviously we need you to listen to the podcast in the future and not from your grave. I mean, it, it'd be really interesting because I think there's a bit of, um, you know, a lot of the you win stuff that we do. We try to basically challenge you and and trying to kind of rethink how sports photography is in your head. And one of the things that we don't really see that much is getting close. And it's, it means most of them is way too far. That's it. And we'll go come back with you, Quinn. If you came here looking for info on Training Ground, you are out of luck. Kind of, but not quite. We've moved it to YouTube, and therefore you get to see rewards and punishments on video. Go to YouTube.com and search for Big Lens Fast Shutter, four separate words. Not only is you win a monthly themed competition, it is your chance to bask yourself in sports photography limelight. Listeners pit their photos against one another for a chance to enter the kingdom of BLFS, and of course, win a t-shirt while you're at it. If you want to play along, Pause this podcast now. Paused. Good. Now go to Flickr group page and click on this month's UN thread. Will you win? Find out now. Uh, UN and this month, we the topic was hot. So it's summer, it's hot, it's sweaty. I'm sorry for the people who live in uh, Australia or Peru or uh, New Zealand, parts of it, and, you know, Southern Hemisphere people, but... Um, yeah, we did hot, and probably some parts of South Africa as well. It's quite cold. By the way, I did try to recruit other people from uh, other photos from uh, other sports groups, but it really is like we. J I just had a conversation with uh, Matt just minutes ago about this, and we really are trying to make you into a better sports photographer, and that means we are trying to challenge you into thinking differently about sports, and you know, like for instance, the emotion thing, and about like getting close to the subject and things like that, that you guys really don't do on a regular basis, which is atrocious if you want to get better at what you want to, uh, what about this whole uh, sports photography thing. So 
hot so thinking about that sweat sun drinking a lot of water you know like something like that it we just kind of like think oh yeah that's you know that fits the whole criteria of hot where well, we we got some and um they weren't all pretty third place matt Cohen. uh third i guess i have uh kevin souza's picture of your man crush ronaldo <sighs> i do love him yeah. My third place goes to Reed Neurider. Matt pointed out, um, I think there's been kind of a dodging thing going on, which I don't really understand why that is the case. Um, this third place going because, like I said, it's a bit of slim pickings, you know, this, this month. Um, I don't think it was particularly a really difficult one to do because if you live in a moderately hot climate during the summer, you do, and if you shoot sports, you'll see a lot of sweat. At least you could just get that and that would actually be very, very interesting, but... None of you kind of didn't get close enough, they say. And uh, Reed, I don't understand why you have this whole blacky thingy. and It's not even about understanding. Just don't do this. Not, it doesn't I mean, really add anything. No, it's in it, you're looking at it and you're trying to figure out, well, is it just in a really aggressive and yet, and then you notice that it's not that way on the bottom, and then you're looking at the pattern of it, and that's absurd. Don't do that. Yeah. No, it's just, it's ugly. And if you huffed up the background, then you huffed it up. So, you know, figure something out later on. Like, don't try to, like, fix an already broken photo, you know? I love my Photoshop, but if it gets to a point like this, I'm not going to even do it. No, you just have to forget it. Second place. I don't know. I mean, I, I guess it goes to Bashar, really. It's not a bad picture. Just this could be a guy stretching. Like, I'm not, when I look at this, even though it's not a bad picture and... He does have an interesting thing going on with the the arms and the the shadow from the glove and the hat, but it's still this doesn't scream hot because this guy's not even sweating. You know, he might be hot, but he's I don't know. Maybe his sweat glands are broken or something. But you have to if if you showed me this picture and you didn't tell me what the theme of the competition was, I, tired. You know, baseball equipment hot would not would not jump off the page at me for this. But it's still a better picture than most of the other ones so second place yeah and i have to agree because it's well done in a way that you kind of get the whole sweating like wiping off the sweat thing but yeah it doesn't really scream that it is very very hot like i thought when i first looked at it i thought like yeah it looks hot but like what matt said like when you put it out like when i just have that this whole photo out there without any context i'd be hard pressed to say oh this is really like reminds me of a hot thing it just doesn't so almost you need a bit more water you need a bit more something to actually like make it hot and the first place it goes to i have kenneth armstrong um i think this is clearly the best picture that's there um and unfortunately it's not a great picture but you know when you go out and shoot and you see I, we just had a big was a super moon and i saw a bunch of people out there trying to get the moon to go in, in between the bay bridge and downtown san francisco and there was a really nice one from pittsburgh you know it's not a it's not a sports picture if you just have the moon it's not a sports picture if you just have the sun but you know lining this stuff up and getting the sun to be right near the flag and then having what's obviously a um a racetrack um this is the being the flag man that's good enough for first in this month um yeah i agree i am i'm really just having a very difficult time saying any of them were any good at all this month. I mean, it's, I'm really, I don't know if any of them actually deserve to be in any of the top 
top three. So it's regrettably, I'm going to say Kenneth Armstrong. I don't think it's, I think it's a better picture than Matt say it is because I think it's not very easy to do something like that unless you're really going for it. And Kenneth Armstrong, um, he emailed me and said he photoshopped uh, the sun into the, the the thing. So oh, then yeah. no, then he doesn't <laughs> no, win. I'm kidding. Oh. <laughs> if he did, I still will praise him for doing a great Photoshop work of having this circular thing that he just got off from the internet, putting it in. No, um, no I mean. If you're going to do anything like this, yeah, you have to wait for the perfect moment to um, get it done. And he did. So voila, it's good. Is it hot? Yeah, sun is hot. But I wasn't really expecting something like this either. Um, it is, you're, it, you're free to interpret it what it is, but you no, know, we're the judge. So I can, just I can just basically say whatever I want. Kind of, sort of, Kenny wins. So yeah, that is you win. Uh, for next month, then by the time you listen to this podcast, you'll be able to actually have all the information. But it is all about getting close to your subject. And the deadline will be the end of the month um, or the beginning of next month. So that is it for you win. Thank you very much. And I'll speak to you soon. I think we only say bad things about sports photography. You say we got no soul. Well, you might not, but we're going to prove you wrong with... Close counter. Time to hold your fellow sports photographer's hands as we tell you why a specific sports photograph makes us quiver with joy. See, because we're, I'm shooting golf like right now, and uh, Evian in France is the women's, one of the women's um, big championship, like Grand Slam. Major, it's the major, anyway. And uh, it's also dedicated to Jackie, who loves golf, and the only person that I know who loves golf. So there you go. Now, I will start with mine, which Matt will give you the link to it. You should be looking at it. Um, it's the 10th picture on this horrible website called golf.com. And it's the only picture I thought about what well, was re worth it because when I typed in, uh, you know, best golf photos 2013, this is what I got. And it's off Adam Scott posing for photographs after winning the 2013 Masters. Hence, it is not even a golf photo, but he is at the Masters, he is wearing a green jacket, and therefore it is a sports photo. The reason why I like it is that it's the classic, I'm going to go behind everyone else and shoot everyone else taking pictures of Adams or the winner. Um, it happens at Oscars, it happens at the World Cup, it happens at the Masters. And you can see all the flashes going off at the same time. It's raining, so it's reflecting the, the, the light from the flash. And you can see the shadow, and he's rimlet because of that. And the guy is actually taking from behind. You can see all the photographers. I like the touch of the umbrellas. It's quite cute. I think it's probably the TV people. I like it. Could it be better? Yeah, probably. Um, if you get into any, 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 any kind of situation like this, that there is an award. So maybe the, your team wins a championship uh, for your local league and you want to get a shot like this. The problem is you won't probably have that many photographers there. So you won't kind of get the same effect. You need a lot of photographers to have this kind of effect to kind of get that sense of this grand occasion where you're photographing the, the photographers taking the picture. It has to be a very big event if you're going to do this and you need a lot of photographers. So if you ever get down to Super Bowl or the World Cup or all these things, think about it next time and say, you know what, I'll go to the other side and take a picture while, you know, everyone else is taking a picture and it might turn out to be a very, very good one. Yeah, I like this one a lot. I think that it would have been better if there had been more flashes hmm going off than just the one but as it is it's pretty cool we've done i think we've done pictures from the masters before like where there were 
Yeah, yeah, we do ditch shadows yeah. and the Masters are a really pretty golf course. This one's from a little while ago and I remember this being like a really big deal at the time because everybody was trying to figure out who the guy in the background was, but it's a picture of Tiger Woods. I guess he was off the course and so there's the gallery is making a semicircle behind him and he's hitting the ball basically right into the lens of the camera. I don't remember if he actually hit the guy or if it went over his head, but it's really well timed because the the golf ball is directly between the camera and Tiger Woods and he's looking at it and there's all these people in the background and there's this crazy guy wearing a Miguel and Hal Jimenez wig and chomping on a cigar looking in the background and that guy in the background just makes it a funny picture but um, I like the picture because of the timing of it all like with the golf ball going almost right into the camera that's not, I know Ryu can tell you from shooting golf this week, this isn't a very common thing at all because generally you're not in the golfer's line of sight. I really can't even figure out exactly how the guy did this without getting yelled at because Tiger is like the biggest baby of everybody as far as getting on photographers and yelling at them and swearing at them and having them thrown off the course and everything. So this guy did a good job by somehow getting in the way. And yeah, so I like this picture. Yeah, I, I really don't know how he got there. Because, I mean, any photographer, I mean, most of them would not want you to be there. And just for your own safety as well, you know, because I don't think you want something that hard hit really fast going straight at you. It's one of those things for me is that I think if the cigar guy isn't there, I think it's a quite a plain Jane photo. And if the ball isn't there, it just is a really normal photo. Well, the ball, yeah, the ball is what makes yeah. it. And if it wasn't for the ball, it's just a normal picture. I find it amusing. I don't really find it very, very good in a way because I just kind of think that I just, I just don't really like when I saw it for the first time, I thought like, wow, that's crazy that the ball's there. And, but it's just like, okay, do I really, really like it that much? And like, well, not really. I think it's a matter of, you know, taste at this point. I don't think it's a very technical thing because technically it's, it's, you know, it's done well because you got the gallery behind him. You got Tiger squared up on this one. I wish the guys to the left weren't there because I kind of don't like the fact that he would, but they were doing exactly the same thing this guy was trying to do, but without getting hit. Well, this picture, this was Bridge Press Awards Sports Image of the Year for 2011. But it kind of feels like it's like awards, for instance, kind of goes, you know, like if you look at the Academy Awards for, you know, for the movies and things like that, you usually people who get awards are people who play another famous person in history because, you know, I don't know, that's kind of how it is. And I think for these things as well, if you get a shot that is very difficult to get, you do tend to win an award. If a photo is something that is very difficult to get or very, very lucky to get, does that make it automatically a good sports photo? And to me, that is a no. It's a matter of execution. If I was there, if I was in this exact spot, would I have actually done it differently? Not really. Because I probably would have used the, I, would, I think, uh, chosen to use like a wide angle lens and I would actually be on the floor and doing it. I think if the ball was actually hit towards me, towards my lens, me laying low and into the lens, that means that it would not have the same impact as the, the photo that we're seeing right now. Matter of difficulty, having luck, yeah, it does matter. And now, it, I mean, I think it matters a lot in then taking, especially things like sports photography, because it is a one-time deal. But to me, it doesn't necessarily make it into a very, very good photo because then we just were just basically, you know, waiting for that thing to happen, that special moment to happen. It doesn't matter what kind of photo you take. So that's my take on the whole thing. I like the cigar guy more than anything else. That's it, huh? With me for Cross Connor. Yeah.
And with that, we end the 41st episode of Big Lens Fast Shutter. Can't do this without you, and you and your new, my beautiful listeners, and obviously Rob with two Bs, our wonderful, wonderful producer. Even if you're not as evil as Matt Cohen, please go to our Facebook page and like us. Better yet, do that and subscribe to our blog at BigLensFastShutter.com so that you won't miss any of our latest and greatest hits. And if you'd love us even more, please rate this podcast on iTunes. And obviously, if you have that dollar in your pocket that you just have to spend, please donate to us. To recap, go to Facebook, blog, BigLensFastShutter.com, iTunes, and donate. Rinse, repeat, love us more. See you next month.